I-C-K-B-A-C-K, the kickback. We live in effect with Reek Reek, Bree Bree, and your boy E-B. Let's have fun. I'm going to go ahead and put a disclaimer out there for the people. Just go ahead and let y'all know right here, right now. We don't want to get no text about what happened with this, what happened with that, what was going on. This week, it ain't no editing from the kickback. So this will basically give you guys a sneak peek of how it's like before you get the final and finished project product due to the great Sabrina, who we have on our not only, of course, one third of the host of the kickback, but also the person who is behind the scenes, making sure that when it comes out, it's the best quality that you get um, from our voice through this Zoom to your ears and wherever you subscribe at. So whatever mistakes you hear, just keep that energy on your side. We don't know up front what it is. And we're going to let you know up front of some feelings that we have about something else. And you'll see what we're talking about later when we get to the meat of our conversation when Sharika dive us into what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into all of that, how are you guys feeling? What's the temp check? What's going on? Thanks for letting them know, EB. I feel like we should also let them know that we do have quality mics. Like <laughs> the sound that you guys have been getting is not our official setup, but it's the pandemic. And okay. we, be, we be doing it on the Zoom. And y'all know when y'all be hearing a little or whatever, y'all know how Zoom be doing. So, you know, eventually you guys will hear our other setup. So when EB put my name out there, I had to say, ho, ho, ho. Like, <laughs> the quality could be 10 times better. We had, remember that day we tested those mics, guys, in the mm -hmm. office? And it was amazing. So that is coming. I don't want to say coming soon because I don't know what's happening in the world. That is coming at some point and time. Let me go ahead and dive into my song for today, my energy, my tent. I know T.I. is problematic, but I can't lie. I used to He got some to, bangers. He got some bangers. And I don't know. I felt he was fine back in the day. His looks haven't changed. But for me, if somebody's problematic, I'd be off that. Uh, but his music is really, really good. And my energy this week is live your life. Y'all know Rihanna. Mm. Anything she's on, she blesses. And I love just his energy in that song. I love the message. I love the part when he was like allergic to the counterfeit and partial to the politics, articulate, but still, I'll grab a nigga by the collar quick. And I said, <laughs> amen. Because <laughs> that's... That's my wow. oh, wow. and, and that'll Dude. make more sense when we dive into the conversation we're gonna dive into later like don't get it twisted okay what did Chirico say try God don't try me pray with me don't play with me y'all gonna find out that's where I'm at I don't know what temperature that is but you can put a number on it if you want to Sharika, how you feeling oh Jesus Oh my gosh, y'all. This is unedited. Y'all about to get the unedited version of how I'm feeling right now. Normally, I be trying to give Sabrina and Evie the real version. And then when I come to y'all, I don't want to sound drab. I don't want to sound terrible. So I try to give y'all a little more upbeat of the, it'd be real, but it's just a little more positive spin. Y'all, your girl over here sound like trash today. 
But for you guys, I will muster every bit of my energy up to do my best for this podcast because I do really love it and I do be having fun. And like, see what Sabrina just said just gave me all the energy that I needed. That was hilarious. But also 100% facts. Listen, don't be trying people. But anyway, I'm feeling like I need the Lord today. Um, but, uh, I was thinking about a song and, you know, my mind ain't just, it's just not there right now. And that's just the truth of the matter. I will say, I'm just happy to be with you guys and happy to talk about what we both going to talk about because I got feelings and I'll just leave it at that for now. You be where you at. I am feeling good. Uh, I would say if I had to put a number on it, um, it probably would be around the 90 to 95 range because I ain't gonna tell y'all yet, but you'll find out when I like, get back because you just know COVID's still here. You don't know what's gonna happen when you pull up at an airport. Um, mm. But I'm saying 90, 95 because of where I'm supposed to be going, it's supposed to be feeling that way. Um, so I know Florida mm. got like the best or solid weather. One of the places that I'm supposed to be going is just on the other end. Um, of that spectrum of great, but it's just a little more on the heat or hot side. But I'm just feeling good because pandemic or not, <laughs> gonna get this passport stamp and be on my way to somewhere else. So um, when I get back, I'll let y'all know where your boy was and how things was. Um, and I guess you can say a little bit about my experience. And then if I would have put a song on it, just because the homie Sabrina shouted out one of my favorite rappers, even though he's going through some stuff, him and his wife right now in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the media sphere. Um, but as he said, we vehemently deny all allegations and accusations upon our name. Everything that we have done have been with consenting adults um, or whatever he said on his live. But it's cool because, you know, it's one of those things you would hope to know both sides of the story. But if you're not there, you really never officially know. So if anything were to happen, I'm just, I know I'm going a little longer. But if anything were to happen that people did not agree to, that's horrible and that's disrespectful. And him and his wife or his team or whoever trying to cover it up or hide it, that's just, I don't know, it's sick and sad. But the song that I know that I like from him is around that same time period. It might even be on that same album of Live Your Life, but it's Whatever You Like. Mm-hmm. I love that song too. I had a conversation with my better half, the person who makes me look good in pictures. Um, my wife about my potential travels and she said you can do whatever you first it was like what the cost is that was actually a real question <laughs> um, <laughs> what the cost is and then she was just like enjoy yourself have fun like you don't get too many opportunities for stuff like this um, mm. and you know make like basically embrace this experience as best as possible so thankful to have a person who's better than me and who's mm. allowed me to even see the bigger picture in life so yeah, that's where I'm at with that and whatever you like, that's the song. So, Sharika, mm-hmm. you know the streets been talking. Ooh, what they been the, talking? The world been talking. Um, See, look, this is how we about to get into the unedited situation, y'all. It's supposed to be invite. And Amy's oh, already man. about to carry us right into right. 
the episode. See, this is how, this is what this is. See, how I it thought is, he yeah. was going to put a spin on it, and I wasn't going to call him <laughs> out. But then I thought because Evie's so flawless that I was like, okay, let's see. Maybe he knows who the invite is. But but you called him out. Now now everybody knows you're okay, You're supposed to keep that in the family. She don't know That's what it. I was about to say. She did it. He already gave it away, Sabrina, before you try to make him fix it. I said the streets were talking, and I'll say before we get into what the streets talking about. <laughs> Who's sitting at the table to know what the streets uh, is talking about? You know what EB is flawless, and I will, I will never. <laughs> I'll let him just walk into it the next time. I definitely was about to skip the kickback. I know you were. <laughs> I was ready. He was. We were. I, listen, because what we about to talk about is so juicy, but I do want to invite somebody to the kickback today. And you know, when I thought about this person, it also made me think about another special person in my life. And that's my friend, Sabrina. When I think about the person I'm about to invite, this person reminds me of you and all your hard work. But I wanna talk about a young lady who was born in Kansas City, Missouri. You know, we still in the women's mouth, so we got to keep on, uh, you know, promoting and encouraging and uh, recognizing the women that have done some remarkable and amazing things in their lives and in their careers. So today I'm going to talk about this woman who was born in Kansas City, Missouri and raised in San Jose, California. Sabrina, do you know who I'm talking about yet? Okay. Okay. That's fine. I'm talking about uh, Miss Misty Copeland. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> so Miss Misty Copeland, for those of you who may not know who she is, uh, she started to study ballet at the late age of 13. And at 15, she won first place in the Music Center Spotlight Award Awards. She studied at the San Francisco Ballet School of American Ballet Theaters Summer Intensive on a full scholarship and was declared an ABT's, which also stands for American Ballet Theaters, National Coca-Cola Scholarship uh, Scholar in 2000. Missy joined the ABT Studio Company in 2000, in September of 2000, joined the American Ballet Theater as a member of the Corday Ballet. Is that right, Sabrina? Am I saying that right? I don't know if you know. I'm assuming so. In Corday Ballet. It feels like you got to say it with a little nice accent or something. In April 2001 and in August of 2007 became the company's second African-American female soloist and the first in two, in two decades. And in African-American female, just the first, I mean, I'm sorry, the second African-American female soloist in two decades. And in June of 2015, she was promoted to a principal dancer, making her the first African-American woman to ever be promoted to the position of principal dancer in the company's 75-year history. I can't imagine the amount of dedication and hard work that Miss Misty had to go through to get to that place. And just the, 
probably talent because she started at 13, which is late for a lot of dancers. I know a lot of, you know, I've never watched Dance Moms, but them kids be young on there trying to do the little one and the two steps and all that. So Misty done started at 13 and came out here and killed the game. And, you know, you know, she had to be really great if she was the second to be able to do to, um, in two decades and the first soloist. I mean, the um, second soloist in two decades and the first principal dancer in 75 year history of the whole company. So, you know, Missy worked her tail off, had to, I'm sure, endure a lot of what the woman we're gonna be talking about today has endured when you're the first person of color to do something. So I wanted to shout out Miss Misty Copeland, thank her for all her hard and beautiful work that she has done in dance. For sure. You know, two places Black people are not invited, the Ooh. royal family and ballet. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So Sabrina just picked it up. We about to talk about the you thing everybody everybody's talking about lately. Mm -hmm. The royal fiasco. Oh, not the fiasco. <laughs> That's what some people would call it. With with how the royal people are filming about that interview, they must they feel like it was a fiasco. Well, but turns I'm, out, turns out. For either of you, did y'all watch mm -hmm. the royal wedding when they got together? And I did. Oh, I did for sure. I just yeah, want definitely. the listeners to know. I put my little uh. UK colors on. I went to a local UK pub because they were doing a special with like uh, British tea and crumpets and all that. I dragged my husband, a couple of friends out there. Mm -hmm. I was into it. I was all for the real life princess. I was all for a person of color hopping in there. And that wedding was popping. The pastor, great. Mm -hmm. the, choir, the choir is the reason I had a choir mm -hmm. at my own wedding. Because I said, you know what we are going to do? Have this vibe. I loved it. And now look at us. Wow. What did you guys think about the royal wedding or how into it were you? The wedding was, I thought it was nice. And, you know, they'd be long. So I was into, I knew it was going to be long. But the, the, like those elements and things that you talked about really made it, I don't want to say enjoyable for entertainment, but it had that. But also it made it more, I want to say relatable to some of the experiences I have personally had, you know, and, and, and because, you know, the Royal wedding, usually it, it's an experience because it's something you don't, you don't, you don't normally have experience in person. They're very traditional. And that one was very traditional, but I love the gospel choir. At, um, and I love the message from the guy, Mr. After the, I, don't give me the line. I want to say his name is Michael, but I can't right now with the energy. So I, I, you know, the pastor that, um, this, that spoke, I remember he was from the Episcopal church. I remember that. So I, he gave a beautiful message. So that, and Megan looked beautiful and, uh, it was, and, and it was fun for me to see all the people who showed up all the people, you know, the celebrities and all that. So that was cool. So I enjoyed the festivities, PB. Yeah, I would definitely say um, same for me, especially because a lot of people, you're talking about um, basically one fourth of the world um, 
supposedly or allegedly tuned in to that event. Um, Two billion people. That's a lot of people to watch any event. Like I'm not, I'm not sure of the numbers. I'm pretty sure maybe the only other event that maybe more than that maybe be the Olympics. Um, and that's because that's just, you know, a little more around the world. And I'm not even sure about that. But for me, I think of all the stuff that took place in there, as you mentioned, um, the, the minister who, who preached, you thinking about all the hymns, the scripture reading. I don't know, just the way that even though it was a wedding, it was definitely like, hey, y'all going to get this praise and worship. Y'all going to get this gospel choir. Y'all going to get God's word. Um, and you'll get the natural fanfare of a mm -hmm. royal um, event. And the other thing I think that really surprised me, I don't want to say necessarily surprised me, because, of course, where celebrities are or where people um, of high rank or officials are, then naturally celebrities will be also. But just that almost three to four hour window before the wedding even started, like mm -hmm. you had people showing up like, you know, these celebrities had time slots of when they're supposed to enter. Um the cathedral, I think it was mm -hmm. the, yeah, Win or Windsor Chapel, like to enter. So it's just like, dang, I wonder if we should have did that at all with it. We should be on time. But like, hey, you got from two to two thirty to be there. If you don't show up at two thirty, that gate gonna be closed on you, bro. Like, maybe it wouldn't help. I don't know. It probably would have helped. Shout out to um, our wedding coordinator, Captain Jamie. She definitely had some people outside that door. Oh, so did. That's, That's why I don't think it would have helped. <laughs> you did. Yes. Yes. You don't remember that. You don't yeah. remember that, Sabrina? I remember. And we was on the aisle that show that we was looking right at the door, me and you. Yes, girl, I remember it. Yeah. Very if, if I saw people there, I thought, oh, they have a part or they're going to, you know, like they're going to walk in. I didn't know they were there because. Uh, nope. Okay. And there was a guard at the door was like, and I don't care. I'm going to give you my back and I'm not even turning around. I'm not around. turning around. <laughs> so knock if you want to. That was the funny part because they were just stuck and the doors were locked and you can't do nothing, especially for many people who don't know the venue. It's not like you're going to walk around or find a way in. Mm -mm. So like at the reception, hearing some of my cousins like, well, we missed most of it or we missed this part or we missed this part. Or, we didn't come in until um, into the singing. Or, we didn't come in until the little message. Or, we, we came in, like we didn't even see y'all say y'all vows. And I'm like, what happened? Like they didn't open the door. I'm like, oh, well, that was, our, that, that was, the, that was the mission. So <laughs> mission accomplished. They did what they were supposed to do. <laughs> But yeah, it was just interesting. I definitely watched it. All that to say, definitely watched it and definitely was intrigued by, you know, all the fanfare and all that came mm -hmm. with it and how many people, I believe, were blessed by that. And because we're going to talk about it, how some people hated it. Some people um, hated the wedding? Well, the union, I think he's maybe. Oh, that's the, yeah, that's, you know, and that's part yeah. of the wedding. Like, they looking at this party and like, out of all people, Harry would marry this. You know, uh, that's, that's what some I know that's what they're thinking. <laughs> But I will say, and the fashion too was the fashion was fun uh, at the wedding too. The hats and everybody trying to you know show up at the royal wedding with a hat. Y'all ain't wearing a hat. Had more than a hat, and probably who knows how long. Hey, they got that. They got that outfit. They got that um invitation that they, they got that. They pulled that Easter night. outfit out real quick with the bonnet to match. If only that beauty had continued throughout their relationship mm -hmm. with that country with the news with the family but mm -hmm. evidently it went downhill pretty quickly which leads us to this interview now when i heard that harry um left the royal family i just assumed they're like ah i'm out i'm not even next in line for the throne you guys are being annoying so there after hearing 
the interview, my perspective is they were really pushed out mm. because a person can only take so much, which is why I went to TI, live your life. Like I think about Megan, they chose the right one because mm-hmm. even though she was there and so articulate and I feel like she's classy or whatever. When she sipped that tea during the interview and when she did the little squinty eye that my mom did, I was like, oh, okay, sis got the energy. Sis has <laughs> the time. I could tell, I could tell it was in there. So listen, I feel like she'll grab somebody by the collar quick. And that's why she was like, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> so go ahead, Sharika, take us into our hot topics for today. But I, I not, you know what, Sabrina? I, I agree. I, I will say though, I knew why they left because I knew that the people didn't, I knew the energy for her was what it was. Just from hearing a little bit of tea here and there from this side and that side, I wasn't expecting what I, the full situation that they had to experience. I knew it was about the racism and just the fact that they wouldn't let this woman live and they would just harass her to death. And I, and I realized that you know, I knew he had to get her out of there, but I did not realize that it went as deep as it went. And you know what? Some of it went back to before the wedding because of the whole Kate Middleton made her cry over having issues with her selecting whatever flower girl dress or whatever the situation was. And then the news got spun that it was Megan who left Kate, Kate in tears. So it, the, the shenanigans had started even before the wedding and probably, you know, started, I'm sure, when they dated. And I wasn't following the story all the way that close, that far back. I just remember him, he was dating an actress who was biracial and they looked cute to me. And that was where I left it before. And then, you know, later on, and I, and I really didn't hear much, even leading up to the wedding, I started hearing stuff after they got married about, you know, people just couldn't stand her. They didn't like her. I saw the comparison. Well, this is what they said about Kate. And now this is what they're saying about Megan in the same situations. So, yeah, um, I, I if things started to turn quick. The shocking so what, part was that it came from within. Like, I knew that people on the outside were going to have their little things mm-hmm. to say. I think it was just hearing that a lot of the smoke was coming from the house. It's like, dang, if I'm friends with you or you're my sister-in-law and somebody has a story straight, why wouldn't I correct it? They mm-hmm. correct other things. They had everything to say about, um, is it Prince Andrew? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you are willing to speak out about this, but this other thing that everyone in our house knows is true, but you're just going to be mum on the word? Yeah, and you don't even have to put Kate down to say it. First of all, how the story get out there and how the story get out there because that sounded like it was a, you know, that situation was an internal situation, wasn't out in the public. But okay, if it got out, why can't we just say that's, that story is incorrect? That is not how it happened. Megan did not leave Kate in tears. And you don't even have to say that Kate left Megan too. You just got to like, that story was false. Megan never left Kate in tears regarding a flower girl dress. And leave it at that. You know, you don't have to put one down to, you know, to elevate the other, but you also don't have to let lies be out there flying. And, and, and Kate, I mean, I'm sorry. And Megan said that was one of the first moments where she realized, oh, oh, they trying to pay me to be the villain out here. So what do you guys think about the interview? So for me, um, definitely it was, 
um, similar to what has already been alluded to, but eye-opening. Um, mm -hmm. No expectations on how the treatment would be from people on the outside, but to hear um, some of the experiences um, that they faced from inside. And it was just interesting, mm -hmm. of course, with the wording of the organization, the firm, in the, the family, um, basically terms that I would have never known. But I would also yeah. say, like, where, where there's people, there's problems. Mm -hmm. um, and when there's people that happen at times to be of different backgrounds and different experiences, those problems sometimes definitely get elevated. Um, and it's just so much that comes with one um, sharing their own story and sharing their experiences. And I think it was naturally, of course, good for TV. Shout out to CBS and Oprah for their seven plus million um, or whatever it is for their rights to it. You know, business is booming in Harpo mm -hmm. Productions land. Um, but it was, it was like, it was, I guess I would say it was another, um, it was another Oprah interview where if it would not have happened, you would not have any insight at part of the magnitude because it's even bigger. Like you just, and we'll get into mm -hmm. it likely, but even just the parts that they just like, ah, oh, we're not going to share that, right? Yeah. Especially here, he was adamant about certain, like one specific part that he wasn't going to share. So it's just mm -hmm. like, it's way bigger than that. Um, so that's definitely, um, I don't know. I felt, you know, it was just another thing on TV. I watched it and it was like, wow, this is wild. Yeah, I felt very sad about the whole thing. I was sad how she treated was treated. And I was sad that they had to do this interview because I just was looking towards the future or just knowing that even if like you may have a negative relationship with someone, airing that information out in the public ain't gonna help it get any better. It's just gonna probably make it a lot worse. And 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 I just and and I don't you know, not, I don't feel like I believe in reconciliation in all situations, you know, in the, in the traditional way, but I do want people's families to be able to be reconciled. And I know that this is going to make it real tough for them, but you why, know what? Why is it going to make it tough? They never even called a person's name out. I, sh I feel like a person because should you be able to say I was done wrong and that doesn't offend you unless you've done wrong and if you've done me wrong because they have mature, though but if you're a mature person then you own it you move forward so like, that's the whole reason why they had to do the interview they didn't want to own it and that's why they have to and that's why i'm like they they know the family knows they were wrong and they didn't want to own it because had they owned it and they would have been able to work out some things and it wouldn't probably gotten elevated to this degree where now I got to go on on national or the global TV and say all the trash things that happened to me because if they were able to own it and take care of it they wouldn't be mad and they but probably they never still blame a specific member they blame the firm that doesn't mean we assume it's William. Well, I, that's and the they, whole thing too. Yeah, they I don't know. Said, like, means. oh, we have a great relationship with the queen and the queen's husband. Like, they repeatedly were like, "Oh, this is good." And he was like, "Listen, I'm gonna love my brother forever. That's my brother." And he was like, "Well, my father, he's low key trash. We all knew that." <laughs> now, and he said, "Now he's taking my call." So, I don't know that I'm as concerned that the family has like, like this deep thing where they can't be reconciled. So, help me. No, they definitely. I would I say that they can't be reconciled, but I will say that it's going to make the reconciliation. It's going to take more than what it would. Before. So, 
So I would disagree, right? I would say four. Would it? But I will say, like he said, and like you said, he was very specific about the queen and the grandfather. But he was not saying he didn't specifically in those type of ways try to say it wasn't my brother, it wasn't my dad. I love so, my brother, and he said, "Yeah, I'm you love my. I love my brother, but we know he's trapped." But Whatever we he are said, assuming something. that it was his brother. We are assuming that it was Charles because he didn't say that. But there are lots of people. His, he got the cousin B over there. What's her name? <laughs> but okay, EB, go ahead and tell us what you're you're trying to tell us. No, yeah. So for me, um, I don't think the reconciliation will be hard, like you said, Sabrina, if the people are mature. Um, and like for me, I won't try to put expectations on anyone within the, I guess, the senior royals um or those within the firm so that's and the way of looking they want that's something they'll handle in-house they just want to get their side out to control the narrative from their standpoint and from their view so the fact that for me i'm not saying that people who are lateral to you or people who are under a specific individual um, will make things better but to hear that they have a solid relationship with the queen is very very comforting to hear that he said he has talked to the queen more within this period than he's ever talked to her is very, very comforting. Um, as far as the tension with his dad, as you get older, you become more aware of certain things. You, you, you find out stuff that you did not know as a naive little boy or a child. You got to remember from the time he was born, like he's been in the spotlight, him and his brother, like this is all they know. They know, um, I guess you could say, the crowds, the people, the action, the we like basically always on. How they, she talked, she talked a little bit about when they went to the thing and they, you know, lights were down and they she was weeping, blah blah mm -hmm. blah. And the lights came on. Hey, get back on, get get back right. So for him, that's all he's ever known. And as he gets older, I think he started to hear or see maybe some of the same things because I, I would assume he heard some of these same things in maybe his early twenties or so. But he was like, "That's my dad. That can't be true." But then when it started to happen to him when we talk about stuff like history repeats itself, he's probably thinking like the same thing that happened to my mom, or let me take it back. The same thing that they say has happened to my mom. I'm witnessing that to my wife. And so I can only assume as because of his age, being on that Gen, Gen, um, Gen X millennial cuff, that he pressed his father about certain issues. And his father was in his boomer stage of being very, very defensive and maybe shutting down or telling him he doesn't know. I don't know this to be true, but I can only assume that that's why things kind of like got a little more, I guess you say tense with him and his dad, because it's like, bro, like, what are you doing? Like, you're supposed to be here helping, if anything, help your son. Like, you stand true to this firm and you saw what they did to my mama. And it looked like you about to let it happen to my wife or my grand, your, your grandson. And you even see how they alluded that to him. Like, this is your grandson. This is not just another baby. Like, what's wrong with you? And, you know, I think, well, not, not y'all specifically, but I think a lot of people have been in relationships where they haven't had constant communication with their parents and how tough that can be at times. Um, but now that calls are happening again, not as probably frequent as he would like or probably not in the light, I think it's definitely room or potential for reconciliation. And I think that was probably even part of maybe doing the interview of saying, hey, let's go ahead and get this out because you're never going to be able to control the tabloids. It's a, I guess the tabloids for a reason. Like that's what that's how they make their money, um, and that's what they do. So for them to just share their part, um, I think it was a good start, and I think it might even give insight to other people within the royal family who wasn't aware of all the ins and outs, and be like, "What? That what was going on? What they dropped the security detail? 
what they did that what they did this what like you know so i think that might open up a space of like whoa what's going on and then to see um i think it was a little part where it was like over 70 women within the royal family came to their defense of saying like you know everything is all good and dandy like or the, like with certain things but why are y'all treating this couple mainly megan in this way um so i think it's definitely potential i think it's one of those things like we see in a lot of organizations and a lot of corporations where there's a certain generation at the top and once they wean out people will naturally see the change that they're hoping or expecting for i don't have no expectations for things to change um like in the next mm. month or two for them because that's just not the way it works like change whether people like it or not a lot of change has always been slow and mm. steady it's never been a it's not too many like that what's that quote one step for blah 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 another mm. kind like whatever that moon quote is mm. with respect to whatever president mm. would say that um but that's not that's not what we see in change oftentimes i will say a few things at one i was confused with the firm the institution i still to this day maybe i needed to look it up i don't know who's the firm and i don't know who's the institution but i will say i do believe that there are people involved and heavily involved in the, a lot of the situations and background information, um, um, things that went down that aren't necessarily a part of the family. I know that there are a lot of officials or people who, who tell them what you should do or suggest or think, you know, people the, like, just like celebrities have handlers. I'm sure there's a lot of handlers in that situation. A lot of people who are like, oh, we're looking out for the best for the monarchy. You know, people that, you know, are, have their own issues or agendas is what I want to say that have, who advised them and things like that. And, and I, he said that. And a lot of people who advise them wrong, incorrectly, as he also said. So I know that there's a lot of things that happen that I don't necessarily think, mm, I don't necessarily think is, is the family per se, but I will just say, I, the family does, I think the only reason why I was talking about the reconciliation thing that I think ego gets in a lot of people's ways. And when you go to, go publicly, people have a hard time letting their egos go to hear what the real issues are. And now they're embarrassed and now they have been called out or feel called out. And so they miss the issues and, and they have a hard time hearing it because now they feel embarrassed. So that's my only reason why I was saying that reconciliation might be more difficult. Yeah, but that's, I don't think that's the most mature place. Oh, it's not. Oh, oh, it's not. So for you guys, what was the most shocking revelation, Evie? Or was anything shocking to you? I know you kind of said you took it all in a stride. Yeah, you definitely, I, like, so naturally I just take stuff in a stride. Cause again, where there's people where there's problems and it's like, this is not new, right? Um, and I'm saying this is not new because it, within the same family, we saw what happened with Diana and these same individuals. Mm -hmm. Like if you watch either her documentary or you watch her writings or you listen to her story, like her side of the story, it was her it, interview. Yeah. Her interview, it was like terrible. And some of the same, I guess you could say mannerism or pictures that Megan alluded to of how she was feeling and how she looked. Like you can see Diana in that, where it was like, mm -hmm. wow, this kind of like not a split image as in they're identical, but their body language is similar of like, 
this is not where I should be. Like what happened to what I thought I was marrying into? But the two things, it'll be two things that I would say was definitely most shocking for me. And it was a lot of very, very shocking moments. Um, but one would have to be um, just because it's something I dealt with in the past, but Megan's suicidal ideations. Mm. Um, the fact that people who you hope um, would either love um, and protect you are part of the reason that's pushing you to the edge of feeling so alone or so isolated within yourself that you're having thoughts. And I say thoughts on turning yourself. So please, anybody who's dealing with anxiety, depression, or suicide ideation, this is not like a, not a jab at you or, or even her, but it's like, that's the way you feel inside where you have to like turn on yourself because of what's going on with other people who you would hope to be there to comfort you. Um, so that was definitely one of the most shocking things because, and of course, I know people, they mask those things well. So um, more power to her or anybody else struggling with anything in that realm. And then the other thing would be, I would say for Prince Harry, um, and I know I just mentioned the, du the, the Duchess, but for Prince Harry to be in a place where two things would, for him, one is seeing a lot of his mom and his wife in the way as far as treatment. And part of that being where I've had enough. Mm -hmm. Like I, this is all I know, this is all I am, this is all I experience. And for people to think that it's easy to give up all that you know, like for me, it would have to have been really, really bad. And I know it was some stuff he didn't allude to within the interview and I'm pretty sure it was countless other parts that mm -hmm. were left out, but it's like, how bad does something have to be for you to leave all that you know um, to be either good or comforting? And then just, you know, um, with that being said, still, I consider it um, humble and respectful for him mm -hmm. to still not throw people under the bus. And I'm not saying throw other people under the bus as far as being degrading of them, but just stating the obvious of, Yes, this happened with my son, Archie, from blank person. Um, but he's like, I'm just not even going to dive into that lane. I'm not even going to entertain the conversation. It is what it is. You know, I'm going, like, basically, I'm going to, like, I think he even said it. I'm never going to answer that question. I'm never going to mm -hmm. say that. Like, like, I'm taking this to the grave. Like, that person, as they watch this, they'll know what they said. They know who they are. But this is something that has to eat them inside because they don't know if I'm ever going to officially share it. But I have no plans to because it's just not worth it. Mm. So I think that was two of my shocking moments for me. And of course, there's countless others. How about you, Sharika? What you got as the most shocking moment? I have two shocking moments too. One was the fact that before Archie was even born, they were considering not giving him a title and, and asked because he won't have a title. They, that meant they weren't going to provide security for him. That was shocking and extremely hurtful to me because I'm like, how, how, how could you treat this was this conversation. I'm sure never came up when William and Kate had any of the kids, and I understand that he's he's in line to be the king, but he's also a grand or great grandchild, just like Archie is. Why would you not protect this child? And and you, I don't care if he has a toddler or not. He's a part of the royal family, and along that same line, the fact that when Harry and Meghan 
wanted to move to one of the Commonwealth and step down in some of the roles because of all the scrutiny and everything they were going through and and they reached out for help and no one wanted to help them and they felt like the only next best thing that they could do to retain any mental sanity and you know well-being was to move to uh, one of the Commonwealth places and still be on basically standby or a lower level of um, uh, uh, responsibility as they, as Megan mentioned, many other people do. They still live on royal property and they're not senior members and they still get all the perks and privileges as everybody else. But when they did it, they snatched everything from them, even Prince Harry's security, even after Megan tried to ask on his behalf to leave. This man has had security all the days of his life. And you guys, and, I, and I'm, I, I feel like there's a lot of things, like when he, I feel like the, there's a lot of things the queen doesn't know. I feel like she's the queen in a lot of ways, just in face only, not in knowledge and not in, 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 in ability to do things. But I'm just like, Ma'am, somebody couldn't step in and say, "Not my, don't do this to my grandson." Okay, there's things you can I'll let allow, but I don't know who who that person would be or who would have that um, ability to um, stand up for them. But I'm like, and I feel like all of that was because y'all were mad. This man is with a woman that is of color, and y'all can't stand how they didn't just suck it up and deal with the hor horrific behavior and treatment. I just can't understand that. So those were the two shocking things for me. Just the fact that you won't even protect your own family, whether it's your great grandchild or your grandchild and his family. Firstly, I have to say headstogether.org.uk. What website is that y'all? Launched okay. before 2018. That is Prince William's campaign for mental health. Right mm. at the top tab, it says get urgent help. The whole campaign is in support about conversations and how important it is to have mental health and if you're struggling to get help. And yet, I wonder what would have occurred if Megan had went to the website and clicked get urgent help. It's like, is that what it takes? So thinking about that, it makes me think of what Sharika said about reconciliation. Names were not named, but if you're the average British person and you know that this is what they've been talking about and you can look, look at the uh, hashtag, hashtag head stronger together, go to the website and you know that this is all this couple is about. And then literally the sister's like, oh, the sister in more ways than one. Okay. It's like, True. but but what about my mental health though? So that was shocking and hurtful because you're putting out this image that this is something you care about, but behind closed doors, once again, we don't know who the firm mm -hmm. is referring to. Maybe it was not in Prince William's hand or Kate's hands to get her to help. But the fact that in general, the firm is allowing this message to be put out. But when somebody within needs to help, you're like, no, it's gonna make us look bad. So you don't believe in the message. So go ahead and take the website down because evidently you're telling me if I'm a person who struggles with this, it's going to make my family look bad. It's going to make my spouse look bad. No, for people listening who struggle with this, it makes nobody look bad that you need help. Mm -hmm. The only thing that looks bad is not getting the help when it's out there. Mm. And there's so much help and the people around you, they love you. They care for you. They want to help you desperately. You matter.
So that's the one. The second, and I'm not going to lie, I cried on the second one because you know what? I'm not white. And you know what I was born as? A darkie. So the fact that they were like concerned about the pigmentation, listen, in my own community, this is a thing. So I think that's why it hit me so hard. I remember being in marching band and people being like, hey, don't stand out here too long. You're going to get black in the summer during swim time. They're like, oh, I can tell you've been to the pool. You've gotten darker. It's like, but that narrative is not something that I really had to struggle with as an adult. The people who are like that, I don't surround myself with people. I don't listen to music who, you know, hypes that kind of up. I haven't had to really think about the fact that there are people, hundreds, millions of people out there who really have a problem with the melanin. All God was trying to do is protect me from the sun. And yet, so that was just like, dang, if someone like Megan, who in my mind is, could be white passing, you know? If they were concerned about her and that baby's pigmentation, then I know y'all, it's like, uh, I have a friend, she's white and she's in a biracial mar marriage. And she was like, Sabrina, you guys really need to have a white person a part of this conversation because you don't understand the conversations that white people have behind closed doors. Like, this is a thing. It's always been a thing. These kind of things. She was like, when I was uh, got engaged, they were saying that like, it's a stain. I remember somebody told me that a former pastor of mine said, oh no, we just wanted to keep our bloodline pure. And then I'm thinking every time this pastor spoke, I'm like, do you think something's wrong with my blood? Because your niece is marrying a black man. What? From the backwoods of North Carolina all the way to the royal family? Well, in my response to my friend, I said, no, it's not a thing for just white people. It's a thing for racist white people. Let's be specific, okay? Because the conversations that did not happen in my husband's family, and that's why I rock with him. Because I, I don't even have to, I'm not, I don't even have to entertain that. And I would never, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, and even my husband was like, I can't imagine anybody in my family. And I'm like, yeah, because y'all aren't racist. So mm -hmm. for the white people out there that are like, oh, this is just a thing. Sure, for racist people. And it just was hurtful because I've seen them. I'd be watching The Crown. I'd be following the royal family. I'd be all about the hoopla. I just love a good fairy tale, love story all that kind of stuff, Disney does have me caught up. And I see them interacting with people of color and then to know that's that's as far as it goes, but don't mm -hmm. mix with us. Mm -hmm. But we don't want you as my daughter. We don't want you as my sister. You just be the friend. You just be mm -hmm. the person who carry us. Y'all all saw the picture of William and Kate being carried. It was probably some um, festivity that was absolutely fine. But you know, that hurts. I remember working in Georgia at a camp and a girl there was from Russia and she tried to tell me, no, Sabrina, it's like this all over the world. It's like, cause she was, they were, once again, I was 19, they were talking about skin color and I was like, oh, well, it's a thing for, you know, backward South. And she's like, no, all over the world, people have a problem with black people. And I'm, it sucks. It, I love the culture. I, I have no problem with my skin color. I feel confident and beautiful. It just sucks knowing that so many other people will hate me and have assumptions about me and feel like I'm less than because I'm black. And it doesn't even matter if you have royal blood, they will mm. snatch your security. They don't mm. wanna call you a prince and you're their, like it sucks feeling like there's that kind of hatred and there's mm. nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. So that was the most shocking. And honestly, yep. it was very sad. It was, it really was.
What more is there to say? I don't know. <laughs> do you have anything else to say as we? I I, I did want to like, say. Yeah, I did want to say about the media part, because you were saying like, you know, they, you can't control, but they do be controlling the media and they, and that's part of the, what the issue was, what Harry was saying. It was like, they wanted like, or Megan, maybe both of them were saying like, they didn't want to speak up about some things about her because I don't know what the media's angle was, but they, because like you said, Sabrina, they've spoken up, they came to Andrew's defense for rape and molestation, I mean, not pedophilia uh, allegations, but they wouldn't stand up for Megan on simple things, little things. And 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 Megan said, it's, it's funny how they will even have the media's parties at the palace. So there's a relationship there. It's like, and they, and they both said how they go hand in hand and, you know, you know, the media, oh, and I believe personally, nobody's telling me this, but this is what I believe. I believe that the royal family, well, William said, I mean, sorry, Harry said that they didn't want to have bad press. So they didn't want to upset the media to give bad press. And I was thinking to myself, that means that they probably got stories or things that they don't want out there about themselves. So they want to keep the media in a place where it's like, all right, remember, we'll, you can do this, but you can't go this far. And they're like, okay, and, and we'll reciprocate by this way. And they have this type of relationship. But to sacrifice members of your family and literally potentially to their death, as we saw with Princess Diana, you know, was basically killed with all this hoopla, you know, and now Harry was saying, you know, my wife is either potentially could be endangered. Someone could kill her because now she ain't got no security or she wants to kill herself because her mental well-being is not not going so well. But we rather maintain the relationship with the media before any we worry about anything like this. And that, that part was like, wow. That part was wow to me. It, it was interesting and since the interview has come out well mm -hmm. unfortunately megan's friend was like y'all don't have to release receipts but i will because they're trying to call megan a liar and so she was like releasing that the text messages and emails where megan mm -hmm. did ask for help and of course we know that she didn't get it or you think about how like the thing that came out about their father well her father mm -hmm. a week before the wedding she said the media had that story a month before because she called mm -hmm. her dad like listen if this is true, we can kill it, but we can only pull this card with the media once. We won't be able to pull this card with our mm -hmm. own future children. So let me know. And he was like, no, no, I didn't do it. Clearly he did do it. And it came out, but they're, that drama, it's, what did they, uh, what did they say? It's all about the, it's all about the, uh, what is it? oh it's all about the benjamins baby <laughs> know that song. i think that's yeah. what it's about oh well they don't have the benjamins who do they got the pound yeah, uh, it don't it don't hit the same it don't hit the same but it's all about the dollar at the end of the day it's all about the benjamins baby and what's going to make both sides money mm -hmm. you know so i'm not saying it's right i'm just saying that's the way the cookie crumbles which by the way doug pointed out to me that's how crumble got their name because of that phrase, the way the cookie crumbles. Crumble mm -hmm. is a cookie place that Sharika introduced me to y'all. And it's the reason why I haven't been able to do keto for more than a week. So that's just a <laughs> side note. <laughs> what about you, Evie? Any final reflections? I think for me, it's just, again, um, I won't say 
just the way things just turn out, right? Uh, um, that a person can share all that they share or a person can be under the assumption that all will be well. Um, they can express their um, their mental health. They can talk about both as a couple, talk about the lack of their support that they receive um, from, ooh, excuse me, from the palace or from the firm, um, the racially charged remarks, um, which seem to be made by either, well, I would say members of the royal family or at least people part of the institution um, and nothing is done to help or aid um, an individual. But living in this world and seeing all things that I've seen, um, not shocked, not surprised, seeing what um, Prince Harry's mother went through, mm-hmm. and I'm saying, seeing I was a kid at that time, but of course nowadays you can go back and watch documentary, you can watch her own interviews, you can watch her share parts or bits of pieces of her story before her untimely demise. And you're just like, wow, this is, it's always been a thing. And I'm pretty sure if I were to dig deeper into the royal family, um, I probably would see stuff from the 30s and the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, where this is a common occurrence. Like I would not be shocked by that. Um, I think what changes in this narrative is now it's that same hate or disgust towards a person um, or a biracial individual, in this case with Meghan Markle um, and with their son and future daughter. Um, whatever the name is going to be for that one. So definitely, definitely interesting um, and sad. Like mm-hmm. like Sharika said, definitely saddening that all of that will happen. Like, cause I'm not, I'm never a person for family drama, but in the words of Sean Carter, some of you might not know who Sean Carter is. So I'll just say Beyonce's husband, cause you probably know who that is. Or I'll say AKA Jay-Z, but nobody wins when the family feuds. True. But that's all I got. Yeah, I will say one final thing. Shout out to Tyler Perry for coming through with the house and the security. And shout out to Diana for thinking ahead and leaving her son money because that's what he says. The only way they're surviving right now is from the money his mama left him. So shout out to mamas and shout out to Medea. It makes me wonder how expensive is security that you would need millions to to be able to afford it. It must be. I'm sure yeah, so at that at that level, at that level, yeah, at that level, you would need a little more than the average, right? So you mm-hmm. know, we know security guards who make anywhere between ten to fifteen dollars, but these are not like mall cops or people who stand in front of the <laughs> thing. Like these people, this is their career. It's kind of like for the, you got to think if the royal family, their security would be similar. Um, or coincide with the Secret Service. So yes. you're talking about la- like a salary to protect the lives where some of these people will be ex-marksmen from the military or they'll be um, former Navy SEALs, they'll be former police who found the yeah. avenue, former FBI agents. Like, like now granted, whatever whatever their parliament or I guess mm-hmm. you say their parliament, whatever their military structure is. So just imagine that. And you know, I see... And I say I see, I'm not around these people, but I think of certain rappers or athletes who are paying anywhere between a half a million dollars to a million dollars to protect their family when they're on the road. Because um, like Sharika said, it's 24-7. So you're not talking one or two people. You're probably talking about a big compound or a big house where it's probably four to six guys on the outside, maybe two or three on the inside. And this is 24 hours a day clockwork, making sure that the family is safe as you're away and as you travel, because most of these people will have anywhere between two to four 
personal bodyguards. Like you might think that that's just a homeboy or a personal assistant, but it's a good chance they're in casual clothes with a firearm right under them, ready to make sure that their client, right? Cause that's where it'll be in a sense or who they're working for, their supervisor um, is safe. And, and, like, and like you said, it's not the one. mall one where yeah, they're not, not the going, you, it's not where you're like, oh, we ain't fitting to die for the, the clothes at Hot Topic. No, these security is like, no, if, if it comes down to it, your life needs to be sacrificed for yeah. this individual. So that level pay just went up. I know, that's right. My life on the line? I can even put Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's like the president. It's like these people is like, no, you're willing to die. For their for their for their safety. Yeah, I always wondered about that too. I it couldn't be my job. It's a noble thing, but I'm like, I love my country and I love you know leaders. But uh, I'm sorry, Barack, you, you might have to catch catch a bullet. <laughs> I can't imagine dying for anyone outside of like the Lord Jesus Christ or like my mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know who I could die for? Any like an innocent child. You know, like if mm. I'm at an elementary school or something's popping off, I can do something for the innocence. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like a child. But you want my job to be if somebody is, you know, coming for this person who's your leader, you die instead of them. I'm like, the only leader I know, I'll, I'll catch a bullet for Jesus, but <laughs> the rest of y'all. Be all right. Okay, sorry. Let us move on. So today I want to come to you guys with the same energy as Megan and Harry. When they found out they weren't in a situation that would allow them to be their with that allowed them to be their best selves, they fled. And that is the same energy I want you guys to have. Because something everyone has is a best version of themselves. And in today's Mindful Matter, I'd love for us to consider what that looks like for us personally. Laura King, professor at the University of Missouri, Columbia, designed a systematic optimism intervention. She asked participants to come to her laboratory for four days in a row. Each day, participants were asked to spend 20 minutes writing a narrative description of their best possible future selves. They were essentially asked to contemplate the best possible future for all the different areas of their lives. This intervention involves imagining your most important and deeply held goals and picturing life after you've accomplished them in as much detail as you can. Laura King found that participants who wrote about their visions for 20 minutes, four days in a row, had immediate increase in positive moods, were happier several weeks later, reported being sick less often than participants who were asked to write about other topics. So consider your most significant goals in the different areas of your life, professional, social, romantic, physical, or any other category of your choice. Then imagine your life after everything has gone as well as it possibly could. What would you be doing? Where would you be living? How would your days look like? How would you feel? Personally, I want you guys to feel like your best selves. And that's all for today's Mindful Matters. Well, feel like your best self. So for today, um, I'm not going to drag it and not going to expound too much with you guys because there's a lot of stuff going on in the world and some of it I'm going to save. 
I believe um, we're at the moment where either jury selection has finished or it's getting ready to finish with the Derek Chauvin's case and then trial will um, begin soon. I know I told you guys I'll try to keep you guys updated with that as much as I can and as much as I see in here as I continue to dig deep. I don't say dig deep, but as I pay attention to that case and what's going on with that. Um, but as we talked about um, Harry and Megan and all that they've experienced, I'll just say in the best way, you never know what someone is going through. Mm -hmm. um, so I encourage you to check on your friends, check on your strong friends, check on your friends who you haven't talked to in a while. Like guys, we are a year into where we know the world has changed. Like a year ago this week is when the pandemic was like for real, for real for us within the states where we started to hear about lockdowns and social distancing and flatten the curve and what we thought it was probably gonna be a couple weeks or maybe a month and 12 months later, we're still here. Um, so I'll say that, and then similar to what we saw with Harry and Megan, and I'm not saying if you're in this situation, clear it, but maybe you might have to consider that. But in the words of Dr. Eric Thomas, uh, one of my favorite motivational speakers, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Mm. If people are just there tolerating you, I just Lord. need you to hear it. But like, go where you are celebrated oh, and not where you're tolerated. And when I mean celebrated, I don't mean put on a pedestal and you get mm -hmm. the ego or you're prideful, but where people acknowledge you for who you are, they're there to encourage you. They're there to um, re recognize you. They're there to give you high fives, pats on the back, fist bumps because we social distance, the kick, kick, um, or the, I guess, dap with the foot, like just kick each other feet, you know, not actually mm -hmm. kick each other, but I think y'all get the picture of what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but like where they're celebrating you as an individual because just like all of us, we are made in the image of God, but they're not just tolerating you for the mm. fact that they're tolerating you for your black skin. Um, they're tolerating you for the way your hair is. They're tolerating you because of your role. They're tolerating you because of your position, tolerating you because of who your parents are, tolerating you because of your education. Like, don't let that be the reason why people put up with you. Mm. So that's definitely what um, I want to say. So remember, just go where you're celebrated and not where you're tolerated from the great words of Dr. Eric Thomas. So, as we get ready to that wrap is up, whole word, EB. Hey, shout out! I, I might, I'm gonna send it to y'all like the that podcast, and maybe like three to five minutes of like him hyping people up, so to speak. What y'all, what y'all recommending for the people? Today, I am recommending a podcast, but in the show notes, I'm just gonna give you guys the link to the website. It is called Torah Class. Y'all, when I started diving into the Hebraic roots of my faith, like it was like I went from black and white to color, right? Torah class is an immersion into the history, culture, and language of the Torah and the Bible. Old and New Testament teaching is from a Hebraic heritage perspective that leads to a great revelation of God's word in the context the authors intended. This guy goes through the entire Bible, chapter by chapter. So you could take years listening to this podcast. Every episode is about 40 minutes or so. 
I'm loving it. It's great. This is good for Christians and non-Christians. If you're just curious about what we talk about, if you're just curious about the Bible, if you're a Christian and you believe that the Bible is a map to your life, this is a great thing to dive into, especially if you've been a Christian for years upon years and you're kind of at that state, oh, I've read the Bible a couple of times, blah, 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 blah. There's always something new. There's always something fresh. And this has been just a wonderful thing for me recently. So check out Torah class, T-O-R-A-H. Sharika, what you got for the people? So I, you know, it's so funny that Sabrina was doing a podcast because I have a podcast as well. And my podcast is with a guy that I have loved his music and his energy for years. And now he's joined the podcast world and that's Mr. Kirk Franklin. And he has a podcast called Good Words with Kirk Franklin. And I wanna recommend that you guys It's just started so you, you're not too far behind if you wanna catch on. He's, he's tough with people as Kelly Rowland, Chance the Rapper, Pharrell Williams, and good words is a good conversation that Kurt Franklin has um, with these different individuals. And there's more people as well. But I wanted to recommend that you guys check out that podcast. I just love Kurt Franklin. Oh, and check out his tiny desk if you haven't seen that. That was also a good time. Woo. So shout out to yeah, Tiny Desk. Man, Tiny Desk and the Versus Battles have been getting us through and getting me through uh, mm -hmm. the pandemic. And I know at least with the Tiny Desk, it was definitely here before the pandemic. But to go back and watch some of them and just like ones I didn't catch, I'm mm -hmm. like, like I already know, of course, artists and musicians are talented, but to see how much they put into just that small moment, like that Tiny Desk and their sets and all of that stuff is just kudos to them and their art and using their gift to bless the world. So um, I'm just keep you up, keep it real with y'all. I ain't really think about what to recommend with y'all today because I know it's some some of y'all who just listened to our insight on this interview and you have not even watched the interview. So I'm gonna recommend you go watch the Harry and Meghan interview with Oprah and get your own take from it. Don't let it just be from the tweets or from the posts or from the memes. Shout out to Oprah with all the memes that they done created of her. Mm -hmm. Let her have it. Um, and that's why the internet will always be undefeated. But I would say yep. I would encourage you to go watch it and maybe just under comments, whether it's on any of our posts that you just share with us, your thoughts on what you thought about the interview. Are you feeling it? Do you believe what they shared? Do you think they should have had an interview? Do you think mm. they told too much? Do you think they ain't tell enough? Mm. Do you want to know who that person is that said something about the black skin? Because I know I do. I don't. I, you already, you done, you done alluded to it. You might as well share the whole, the whole story. Like, I don't like what people say. Hey, guess what happened? What happened? Oh, never mind. Don't worry about it. Oh, that I do hate. But they you couldn't know? share because they weren't trying to do the smoke. They wanted to share why they got out and, you know, squash the lies. But they weren't really trying to. Like she no, said, it would be very to... damaging to that person. When Oprah pressed her, she was like, it'll be very damaging. And she's not trying to be damaging. She just wants people to know, I'm not evil. I'm not a villain. <laughs> and I'm going to close out on this one. And I know some of our listeners or even y'all too might hate me for this. Not oh, hate Lord. me as a whole, but I just <laughs> yeah, feel like I, I, I feel like I have to say it. Yeah, waited. Yeah, I know the listeners like, what happened? Did it cut off? I'm over here waiting too. 
with bated breath. After I watched yesterday, uh, what I, after I watched with my wife, I had a conversation is some of the same stuff or the same type of treatment that they say they endured from the royal family is similar to the type of treatment that Megan's father and sister said they received from her. Her sister but, wasn't even raised with her, Evie. But I'm just saying the treatment. Like, you don't got to be raised with somebody. She wasn't raised with the royals, but she was there. Like, you were around enough. No, her sister no. changed her last name, like, a couple she's months after several years older than her. Like, she might be 17 years. How about the daddy? I'm nervous because I don't want Evie's computer to shut off because his charger is not there and he always ends up. The with daddy deserves what he but gets. I if he out here that, putting your child on blast. I'm just as someone who had um, an absent biological father and has half siblings who were not raised with me. I do not know, but tried to come randomly and give me energy in my life. I felt very defensive of Megan from her sister that she spent two times with in her whole life, very brief. She's so much older. She hadn't talked to her in like 20 years. After Megan got engaged, her sister changed her last name back to Marvel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, she's a cloud chaser. But I'm and sorry the dad is off. too. I want Evie to, I don't, I'm no. not going to speak on the dad because the dad actually has a relationship with her, but the sister, nah. But if no, you no. out here spreading t- the, with the tabloids, how good is our relationship? Because we talked about what Sabrina said. It's all about the Benjamins. That's why the daddy was probably doing it. Exactly. And that's why he's trying. So for me, it's one of those things of just like, until you get both sides of any story, you can't Mm -hmm. fully make a, I guess, I don't know, for me, a holistic Mm -hmm. viewpoint. I would love, and I don't expect her to defend, just like I don't expect the Royals to defend um, their statements, but I wish she would defend part of the conversation with her father and her stepsister or whatever it is. But that's just me. It's nothing crazy. She it's talks not about it. it. You can find it on YouTube. They, YouTube, CBS. The rest yeah. of the, the interview, interview talks about mm-hmm. that too. And she shows mm-hmm. compassion for her father. But I mean, he did lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been lying since the beginning. But <laughs> people do that for money. As yeah. always, we hope you enjoy this pod. And we encourage you to subscribe to the pod and to share it with your peoples. And if you know somebody who is from the great land of UK, they're from across the waters. Please just share this with them and say, hey, what do you think about my three friends as they talk about the royal family? Because I did send a message to a few of my peeps who, two or three who stay in the UK and some who are from the UK, but they stay here just because they've been giving me insight. I guess I'll say insider insight on the crown where it's like, mm-hmm. that's like 100% accurate or mm-hmm. they shifted that story a little bit or what actually, well, my perspective or what my experience was during that time was X, Y, and Z. So I was like, I want to know, like, what is the take from the people who are in UK when it comes to the royal family? Mm-hmm. Um, or what it comes from a person who's a citizen? Because I know of our nasty stuff that we've even done to our former president, Barack Obama. I mm-hmm. see the media pundits and the tabloids and stuff have done to him. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I, I'm not dismissive, dismissive of what could have happened to them. So just share it with your people, subscribe to the pod. Um, and when I say share it to your people, put it on social media. You ain't got to text everybody. Put it on your social media, social media so we can know the support is real. Tag one mm-hmm. of the three of us or tag all three of us or tag yes. your back. Let us know how you listen in or where you listen to that. Uh, we would love to know that. But as always, mm-hmm. if life tries to knock you down, make sure you kick back. Holla. <laughs> all right, you guys, I'll be texting y'all.
Uh, yeah, it's unedited, so this is in it. I was gonna say, wait, wait, wait. No, I can, I can take the last part off. No, you know what? I'm not because that's what we get. <laughs> yeah, be all right. 